Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. I believe that mentoring doesn't have to be a formal program or a system. It can be natural and organic. This doesn't mean that you sit back and wait for it to happen. There are things that you can do to create successful mentoring experiences. That's exactly what I discuss with Shelby Scarborough, a serial entrepreneur with a wide variety of interests. We touch on topics such as how to approach potential mentors, how to foster mentoring relationships, the components of successful mentoring experiences, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you for being here, Shelby. I appreciate you making the time. It's a great joy. Thank you for having me. And I'd love to jump right in. In one of our recent conversations, you brought up, and I agree with this, how mentoring doesn't have to be a formal program or system. It can be natural and organic. How did you discover that? What's the story behind that? You know, I think it's just through personal experience. I started out, um, my first job was in the Reagan White House many, many moons ago. And there were people there who were incredibly helpful to me as a young professional who guided me um, and shared their experience with me and helped me achieve um, success in my job uh, when I needed it. I remember one person in particular named Karen Grooms, who I was thrown into a situation um, early on. I joined the White House in January of 85. And by May, I was in um, Germany at, a, at an economic summit. Well, what I was doing is writing the schedules for the president for every move of every detail of the trip. So we, if you can imagine this, we had like multiple helicopter helicopters and multiple landings and arrivals and departures and motorcades. And we, my job was to fill all those seats and to know where all those bodies were going and to manifest everything so that the script essentially this, that we, I wrote the script for, for the president's trips. I was one of four people who did that. And so the person, when I got to Germany, this was it, this was a 300 page thing. Normally our schedules were like three, four pages, right? Because if the president would go across the street to something, it was maybe three or four or five pages of the details. But when you go on an economic summit, it, it's like 300 pages. And it's just mind boggling about all the people that you're having to think about in, in addition to the president's mm -hmm. movements. And so I was drowning. I was absolutely drowning. And this woman who had had the job before me and had moved over to the treasury department to be the head of advance for the secretary of treasury, who was Jim Baker at the time, she was working for him and she ran his whole shop. Well, she came in, looked at me, saw me, saw that I was totally drowning and sort of said, okay, step aside, honey, and sat down and did it all for me. I watched and she helped me do it. And then, um, and then she did her own job <laughs> as well. Wow. So I have never forgotten that. And um, I want to share this podcast with her because I have always owed her a, a great debt of gratitude. I've expressed my gratitude towards her over the years, but this way it's officially out there in public domain that she saved my bacon, so to speak. So just, I mean, that was sort of an, an incidental, accidental mentor, but yeah. the fact that she had the heart to do that for somebody when she, that wasn't her job anymore. She didn't have to do it. It didn't impact her necessarily, although she needed information from me to get her job done. So it probably gave her a little bit of information, but really it was just out of the goodness of her heart that she saw a young person struggling to do their job. And she stepped in and helped me do that. And just the example of that probably was one of the first examples of somebody who took somebody under their wing and helped them succeed. 
did you recognize that she was mentioning you at the time or was is that hindsight? That's hindsight for sure. I think, I don't even know that she would have called it mentoring. I mean, I think it was just, she saw a need and she stepped in because she has a good heart and is a good person. And she knew she could, she could do it because she'd been doing it for so many years up until that point. That had been her job literally until maybe two months before she had left that office and the job that I was doing and went over to the treasury department. So she was the perfect person to um, save a drowning girl. <laughs> so that was kind of like on the spot mentoring situation, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at longer term situations, what has your experience been with wrecking? How do you recognize when someone is mentoring you? We'll make it a two part question. Well, let's start with that. How do you recognize when someone's mentoring you? So I think that having them show an interest in your career and your development, um, that it's not a transaction, it's a relationship. And that and that's I probably you know, there's a way to come into it as a mentor to look at it that way. But as somebody, uh, you know, when you look up, you say, okay, this person is, they want to help me succeed. And so what is my responsibility to them to, to honor that? And what's the, you know, what is, what do I need to do to nurture the relationship in a positive way and not take advantage of that um, informal mentoring? Um, and then what is the way that I can, um, nurture it to continue and to have them remain positive and supportive of, of me and my activities. And so there's lots of things, just gratitude in general, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, thank you notes, sharing your successes with, with them, I think is a really great way to nurture that relationship, say, you know, sharing good news. Um, n- you know, if it's an informal mentorship situation, which I've had so many of people that I can think of, Ken Duberstein, who just passed away, was a was what I would call an informal mentor, a supporter, cheerleader, whatever you want. He always he always was kind of behind me, um, and I have had so many people like that in my life. My old boss, Jim Hooley. Um, they, there's just a a lot. Lucky Roosevelt, who was chief of protocol, and the people I worked with, Bunny. They they just they're people who want to see you succeed, and so being gra- grateful for that and um, bringing them in on your successes uh, so that they feel that and that they know that you recognize that in some way they were part of that. I mean, sometimes it goes directly to a referral. You know, I used Ken Duberstein used to refer me for, for uh, clients a lot. And so just keeping him in the loop and telling him that I'm grateful for that and, and sharing that with him was, was part of the, it's part of the responsibility, I think, of somebody who's being um, championed. And so if you don't, if they're not, if it's not a formal acknowledgement of a mentorship, it doesn't have to be, it can actually evolve into a mentorship for that person because they can realize actually that they are mentoring you when they did, may not have realized it before. That um, was going to be my next question. How do you, what is, keep going with what you're talking about. How do you recognize when us the aha moment of, okay, wait a second, I'm no longer just answering questions. It's a little bit more. How do you recognize that as the mentor side? So I have, there's two people in my life right now that um, I would call uh, that I'm the informal mentor to, and that is that um, I've never said, okay, this is a mentoring relationship, but we've gotten together someone, Jessica Buchanan, who was, um, uh, she was kidnapped in Somalia and held for, I think, 98 days, and it was really traumatic, and she was rescued by SEAL Team 6, and she's just turned it blossomed into this amazing businesswoman. Um, and mother and just somebody with so much compassion and heart who's gone through so much and a part of her who she is is because of what she's been through but a friend of ours a mutual friend of ours named Jim LeBlanc um, introduced us and said he did say sort of I think that 
you guys could benefit from knowing one another. But I think he also saw that because I'm just a little bit older, um, I don't know that I've had more experience than her because with her life experience, how could you, um, you know, it's not a competition, but how, it's just, she's obviously been through so much that she has a lot of wisdom just from what she's been through. But just on some of the mechanics of being a female entrepreneur, getting out there and having somebody who can, throw you resources who can cheer you on when you're down that's sort of what it evolved into and now I think it's a, a really amazing friendship on top of that and it's a cherished relationship that I don't ever want to see lag um, mm -hmm. and we don't talk every day we don't but it's uh, whether it's just throwing her an attaboy on her uh, amazing posts on her on LinkedIn and Facebook and those kinds of things or or get it, talking once a quarter to sort of just see what she's up to and how I can help her. So it's it's definitely evolved into what she calls a mentorship and what I accept as a mentorship, but it started as a conversation. Well, once the conversation gets going, I'm probably gonna be paraphrasing something that you had mentioned to me in a previous conversation, that mentoring, if you dig it a little deeper, isn't about giving advice. What is it then? So I learned this, um, literally, you know, some people can learn things through kind of osmosis and, and their experience. I learned this through the entrepreneurs organization and the strategy of, and YPO has the same methodology in their, in our forum settings where we sit in a forum together and we share experiences. We do not give advice to one another. So we're sort of, it's peer to peer mentoring in that sense. We're not, there's no mentor mentee. We are peer to peer learning and learning from one another's experiences. And I think that that methodology has helped me um, when I talk to people where I try not to say you should. I, and it's a joke that we say in, in EO and things is we don't should on people. Um, <laughs> and I think that that follows suit. Is it that in a parenting relationship? I mean, I'm not a parent, but I think that that could be a good and interesting way to look at um, approaching every kind of mentor-mentee relationship, which is, um, some people want advice and you can, if they say, I just need your advice here, then that's permission to say, okay, here's my straight out advice. I would do this or I wouldn't. Um, but here's my reasons why, even if you give advice, mm -hmm. here's my reasons why I tend to say in my experience, I did this and this is how it worked for me, or this is how it didn't work for me. Now, as the mentee, it's up to you to integrate that into your, your own experiences and make your own decisions, because it's really important for people to own their own decisions. And when somebody says you should do this, or if I were you, I would do this. If they do it and don't succeed, then you're to blame. Then there's an out for them to not take responsibility for their actions. And that's a really, that's not a good relationship. That's not a solid, you know, I think, again, I look at a parent-child relationship and in, in, again, in my experience, the best experiences as a child was my parents helping me get out there and try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. And the, you know, they don't want us to fail. Uh, no parent wants their child to fail. On the other hand, failure and do, doing it yourself makes you have that muscle memory to know what works and what doesn't. And so you can fail in small ways all along the way as you grow up. So the same thing in a business, um, you know, it'd be nice to avoid that pain of failure and I'm not advocating it, but it's more important that you learn through your own experience. So I can say to you, I mean, everything from a transactional thing of here, here's three different um, 
software systems that I use to, or have used over the past to organize myself. Okay. But the one I use now may or may not be the one for you for a variety of reasons. And I might have a pretty good idea of why, because I know you well enough to be able to say, well, the way you work or the complexity of your business or the simplicity of your business, it, you may not need to pay this much for this. This one's free. It doesn't have these, these features, but I like it because, and here's the pros and cons. So my experience in all of those areas, I can say I've had good experience with this because, and I've had bad experience with this because, but the because is the really the big moment there. It's the why. And when we were, I grew up in Burger Kings, working in Burger Kings because my parents started uh, as Burger King franchisees when I was about 14 years old. So from 15 to 16, all the way through college, I worked every summer um, in uh, all the way through management programs and things like that. And one of the big learnings I had there was teaching the why was an essential element to anybody learning something. So imagine, this is why I never got math. <laughs> <laughs> because you learn formulas in math and I don't algebra. I'm like, why? Leave it at algebra. Don't even touch geometry because that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> exactly. Now I actually like geometry because I'm a visual person. So I could understand area a little bit, but things like what, why do we have this formula? What does it do? Well, it doesn't, there isn't, there wasn't a sufficient explanation and somebody who's much greater at math might be able to tell me why someday and the word problems sometimes help but it still doesn't make any sense to me so when a good, really stupid example or simple i should say example is i was in the burger king this is really when i learned this firsthand was when i was trying to teach somebody a job in making the hamburgers and they took i said okay now you need to clean your area once you're done and there's not another sandwich coming down the line, so to speak, you need to clean, clean up your area and keep it clean. Okay, so they took their the cloth and they wiped all the crumbs right onto the floor. And I went, okay, so I a, didn't teach them sufficiently how to do it by putting the crumbs in their hand and then putting that in the garbage can. Um, because I said, now, why do we want to do this? Okay, this is the way to do it. Now, why do we, would, would we want to do that? And obviously it was because you don't want, now you have to clean up the floor too. Right. So, and we want to keep the floor clean. So why do you mess up the floor to make it cleaner? So this is such a sort of basic, basic work example, but the why behind it helps them, helps anybody process things better. And that it helps people make better decisions later when they encounter similar issues, they can extrapolate. Well, I did it this way for this. So if I do it this way, I need to do that. I either need to do the same thing or I need to do something different. It helps the intellectual process of decision-making so that when you're not standing there to tell them how to do something, they can make good decisions themselves. So why in other lessons can actually, in mentoring situations, can actually become a life skill if I hear you right? For sure, for sure. Because, it, and for the mentor, it's a good way to do it because you're not, you're not saying this is the one and only way. It's the, it's the reason for uh, that I did this in this situation, but then for the mentee, for them to onboard that and to be able to use that information later in life when somebody's not standing there holding their hand and they've got to do it on their own. They, have, they can go back to that why repository and go, okay, this applies in this situation or it doesn't. Okay. So actually it's switching it up just a little bit. I know your big idea is the global school of entrepreneurship, and I love the idea, share a little bit about it, but more so, how does mentoring play a role in that? I could imagine it would be a huge part, but I don't want to guess and let you explain it to the listeners. 
Well, it's actually a great segue because the way we organize the Global School of Entrepreneurship is with the Oxford method. It's the Oxford tutorial method. So in a way, it's a mentoring program that you get an MBA with. If I, if just, I've never said it that way, but that makes sense to me because of the way we're organized. We organize ourselves in cohorts of 10 people. So small class with a professor. We have readings and homework as typical MBA on the subjects that are typical to an MBA. Where we are different is that we are a cohort. So again, peer-to-peer learning becomes important in this. And the professor is really a guide. If the professor doesn't teach, doesn't lecture, doesn't impose, a framework of how it must be. Because as we know, as from my experience in business, no two, two things are ever the same. So even though they're, let's, we can get granular on things like accounting, which has a methodology, but even understanding the why behind that is important. So and that makes more sense for people when they understand why you account for seeing certain ways and not just say, this is how it's done. Because then they encounter things later in life that they don't know how to account for. And it's, if they don't have that understanding, the deeper understanding of why you do something, they can't make good decisions. And we should all hire accountants anyway. And I just, I just should on you if you just, if you did. <laughs> I wasn't going to call it out. <laughs> so in my experience, it's really good to have an accountant and a bookkeeper and not try to do it yourself if we, um, if I'm trying to grow my business. But the going back to the cohort, we have these 10 people in a cohort, they do their homework, they do their reading, the asynchronous part of the course, which every every school has the asynchronous part where you're learning on your own and you're reading and researching on your own, then you come to class ready to participate and and talk about the subject matter so rather we might read a, a, a case study like the Harvard methodology is a case study. It's their methodology is 100 years old this year. And I think that that's really um, been, was a great innovation for education because it tells stories again, for people to learn through stories. Um, The difference with us is we don't talk about the case study as a case study in class. We talk about what we learned from it, what insights we got from it. And then we share that with each other and how it's overlaid with our own experience. So again, we are mentoring one another in a sense in our class every time we have a class because we don't tell each other how to do their business. We say, well, this is when I read this and I talked about the four P's of marketing, you know, which is a classic Mm -hmm. MBA thing. um, We say, well, you know, this is kind of an outdated mode for for me. And I took a lot from it. I understand the basics of it, but I look at marketing in this sense, and this is how we've applied it in our business. And the the other classmates hear that and they say, why? This is how and why I do something, or I did this and it really didn't work very well for me um, because, but it was because of this that it didn't work because and so now you understand the circumstance that it didn't work because that just means that just because it didn't work for me doesn't mean it isn't the right Mm -hmm. thing for you but at least you can spot those situations that you can take on board for yourself so it's it's a the same idea as this ownership of your experience and taking in what you need to take in and not not taking in what doesn't relate to you but understanding and hearing somebody else's experience so we mentor one another in a sense and our professor is there to be the guide for that well i think mentoring as a whole i'm right on the spot here the mentor is a guide would that Mm -hmm. be true in your brain very 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 much so i don't see it as somebody who tells you how to do something because that's that's apparent and um that's the difference between um a child who needs to be told yes and no because the black and white of something because they're going to burn themselves Don't do that. You will burn yourself. But even the why behind that is important to know, right? Don't do that isn't enough. 
It's why. And so a, a, you know, a jailer tells you what to do every day. We don't need jailers. We need people who can free us to be the best we can be. And that's where I think that a mentor's role is significant in that sense is I, I have a, a young person in my life who's like a daughter to me um, who I've known since birth and I've known her family forever and ever and ever. And so she's essentially family for me. And she's, I've been, her name is Jenna and she's just a phenomenon. She doesn't need a lot of mentoring in some ways because she's so capable, but she's 21 and she's just coming out of college with a master's degree in accounting at 21. She skipped wow. a year of high school and went through her undergrad in three years and her master's in a year. So she's now 21 going to have a master's degree this Saturday, I think. And, um, and so I've become, she calls me her mentor. I, we never said, I'm going to mentor you. I just know that I felt that sort of familial draw to help her succeed. And the bigger issue is because she wants the help. <clears throat> I've got a lot of kids in my life and I'm willing to mentor them, but they need to ask too. And so that's a hard part is people don't want to always ask. And she didn't say, will you, will you mentor me? She said, I could use your advice. Can you help me understand this? I have this question. And she had very well-formed questions that we could tee off of instead of sort of saying, help me succeed. I was able to clue into very specific things to help her. And, and so now it's broadened much more into a life philosophy, uh, you know, just conversations about things and not just always just career advice, but it's, it's, um, and again, I take the word advice, career, you know, sharing of, mm -hmm. of, of a pathway, you know, people, young people are looking for, again, guidance and, um, for me to tell her what is good for her and what is not good for her is not my place. I don't, I, as much as well as I know her, I still don't, I'm not her. I'm not, I am not her. And her journey is different than mine, but there's a lot of things we can share to say, you know, this is, this is something to think about what you want in life. Well, we've covered a lot of ground in this and a lot of Awesome. Shared experiences, not advice, sharing experiences. <laughs> if someone's listening and they say, you know, I'm busy, which a lot of people are going to say, but I want to create successful mentoring experiences. Give me one thing I should do to start. What would you tell them? Whether it's something you're reiterating or something you haven't said yet. If one piece of advice, if you're going to get started with it, do this. To be a mentor, to be mentored or to be a mentor? You could cover Men both. For the mentor. Okay. For the mentee, I would say... Um, find somebody that you admire that you, I would say more, more than admire that you believe has your best interest at heart or would, um, and ask them some targeted questions. Just say, I could, I could, I could use some insights. I could use a little bit of experience sharing from you, um, on a specific subject. You know, um, if I think people, busy people in particular, if they are approached with, will you be my mentor? The first thing that, that a lot of people say is I don't have time because they perceive that a mentorship is a responsibility, which mm -hmm. it is. And they should take, they should another two, there's two kids <laughs> in one conversation. Um, I have see, I try to catch myself because it's really it's easy to do. So the idea that um, we are, that we putting somebody on the spot to have a, a long-term relationship that is about um, 
that requires them to be someplace at a certain time, et cetera, that's, that may be less successful for some people, but I think you can have a lot of mentors in life, people who you look to for one thing, you know, Jenna may not ask me about relationship advice, right? I might not be the yeah. right person to ask for that, but there are other people um, that, that in her world that, that might be better people for that. The, she, but she knows that I have um, her best interest at heart and always have, and I will always give her an honest answer. Um, it may not be the answer she likes, but in general, I'm an encouraging person and I want to see people succeed. And I don't, I don't believe in, in, in beating people down uh, on things like this. And, um, you know, if I can help her not run into a wall, I will do that. Um, but I can't prevent it. I can do what I can to help her. So asking for targeted pieces of advice is probably the simplest way. And what about the I, other you know, side of the coin? And as a mentor, if you want to mentor someone, I think that the again the best the best way for me was to do it informally um, and just be thoughtful and thorough about what information I'm offering that person. So if you're saying to get started, like you're, are you are you thinking a mentor if they want to go out and find because they have this desire to mentor somebody, how how would they get started? Uh, more of someone's approaching them. And they yeah, want to be so, a good mentor. What would they do? Okay, so the same thing. I think it'd be for me. It's to be clear on your time availability. Um, if you want to make it formal or informal, if if there are people who love that structure, and if the two parties love a structure and would benefit from having a set meeting every time with a set agenda, go for it. Um, my style is more informal, and it's I'm available to you whenever you need me as long as I'm not in the middle of something, I, I will answer your call. I don't have so many people I'm doing that with that that's a, a threat to my time management. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but she's very respectful of my time and she can call me anytime, literally. But she often, when it's more for formal, I wanna have a conversation with you about something formal. She'll say, can you talk? And we schedule a time to talk. And then we, we do that. And she um, takes it on board and she doesn't have to report back to me what she's doing. It's up to her. Um, she's not responsible to me um, because I'm not grading her or, or there's no um, intrinsic, it's an intrinsic reward versus an ex extrinsic reward. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I don't, what I get out of it as a mentor, as somebody who I just feel good that I'm doing something for somebody that I care about, who has a lot of talent and can bring a lot of good things to this world and wants to be mentored. And that's, I think that's the key. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it, Shelby. My pleasure. My pleasure. And if people want to find you online, where's the best place to go? Uh, they can go to shelbyscarborough.com or to gse.mba. Very nice. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing Podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.